0: Welcome to the Chronically Unwell Podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal growth, and navigating the nuances of life while managing chronic mental illness. I'm Samantha, a certified social worker and mental health therapist.
1: I'm Andrea, a small business owner and mental health advocate. We are two besties trying to normalize having difficult conversations while embracing being chronically unwell.
0: While we hope you enjoy listening to the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for individualized mental health care by a licensed professional. Now let's get into it.
1: Welcome back, everybody, for another w- episode of Chronically Unwell. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we recapped the month of August and went over everything we talked about last month. It was a pretty good episode. I do say so myself. It was.
0: I like that episode. So
1: you should probably 1,000% go check it out. Yeah, give us a listen. It was a good one. This week, instead of diving into a specific mental health concept... We thought we would probably take a minute to talk about a diagnosis that we've mentioned a time or two on just once or twice other episodes BPD or borderline personality disorder.
0: Yeah, just a little bit of a a trigger warning before we dive into it. Um, We are going to be talking about some sensitive themes today um there will be some mentions of suicide and suicidal ideation so if that is a sensitive subject matter for you please protect your peace today um and if that's not for you please don't listen and
1: disregard this episode yeah and we'll
0: catch you next time yeah we'll catch you next next week so if that's not for you no hard feelings we'll catch you next week listen to last week again <laughs> yeah for sure so um yeah we're gonna be talking about borderline personality disorder something near Woot. and dear to <laughs> if andrea's heart oh, shit. <laughs> we're already
1: starting that are we
0: yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not wrong
0: yeah so bpd is borderline personality disorder more commonly goes by bpd is a cluster B personality disorder. And what that means is it's a part of a a larger subgroup of disorders that have difficulties regulating their emotions or their behaviors. That's an understatement. (laughs) Um, So today we're specifically talking about borderline personality disorder, but to give you an idea of the other disorders that fall under this Cluster B um, subcategory, (laughs) subcategory, Uh, There's antisocial, histrionic, and narcissistic personality disorder.
1: Whoa. Some heavy
0: hitters. Yeah. Heavy hitters. So those are the ones that kind of all fall under those. Gang, gang. (laughs) Love that for me. Yeah. Those all kind of fall under the same, the same group here. They all have trouble regulating their emotions and behaviors. All have similar kind of presentations. Um, But borderline personality disorder Often confused with bipolar.
1: I get that a lot. Yeah. In my experience, I get that a lot.
0: Not the same. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> not the same. We are not talking about bipolar today. We're talking about borderline. Yes. Not the same. Not the same. Um, Very important distinction. Bipolar is a mood disorder. Borderline <laughs> is a personality disorder. <laughs>
1: oh, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I
0: it hurt my feelings. So, le- leaning heavily on that borderline personality disorder, bipolar mood disorder. Very different diagnoses. Um, similar, sim- they can have similar um, presentations. Yeah. Sometimes people get misdiagnosed because sometimes they can have similar presentations, but they're very different um, diagnoses. They have very different treatments. Um and today we are talking about borderline personality disorder. So yeah. Um let's talk a little bit about the DSM criteria.
1: I would like what does the DSM mean? What does that mean when you say that?
0: Um the DSM is the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders. So gotcha. it's the it's the the book, the it's bo- the bible I mean, it's of the mental. Book. Um it's the big purple book. I don't know if it's actually always purple. It's, it's purple on my desk. <laughs> um, the big purple book. Yes, it's the big purple book. Um, right now, it's the DSM-5 because it gets updated pretty regularly um, with the different criteria for mental disorders um, that people have to meet in order to get diagnosed with a disorder. Um, for borderline. The specific criteria here is a pervasive pattern of instability of interpersonal relationships, self-image, and affects and marked impulsivity beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following. Should we play a game? Sure.
1: Should we figure out which five I have? Ooh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to be, let's that do vulnerable. it. Let's do it.
1: Let's. <laughs> <I'm>
0: so, <ready. laughs> when we're looking at the the criteria here, we're gonna we're gonna read through the criteria. <laughs> um a therapist or a psychiatrist is going to be looking at each of these and they're going to be looking to see if you meet these specific at symptoms. least 5 at least 5 of so these So just
1: so you all know I've I have met at least 5 of these things to get my diagnosis yes. So let's see which 5 <laughs> or more
0: And we aren't um Andrea has been clinically yes. diagnosed I have been
1: clinically diagnosed yes. by a psychiatrist and I have had my uh psychologist say yes this is true so two professionals in my life that have been like In fact, this is something that you have. Yes. So this isn't a self-diagnosing, even though I would like to say I am a self-diagnosing queen. This has (laughs) been diagnosed by two professionals. She
0: has been diagnosed by a professional. We're not diagnosing anyone. We're not recommending anyone diagnose themselves based on what we're reading. Remember, this is not therapy. This (laughs) is just our experience. This is just our experiences. And we're just reading from. We're just being silly gooses. Um, If you resonate with this and you want to talk to a professional about it, please do. But Please don't diagnose yourself based on this today. <laughs> yes.
1: No, this is not. This isn't one of those self-diagnosing yeah, moments.
0: This okay. is just educational. So you're aware of what the yes. the, the diagnosing criteria yes. for borderline is. So one of the the first symptoms, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. Boop, 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 boop. Check. Check. <laughs> A pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation. Check! (laughs) Double check. Identity disturbances, markedly and persistently unstable self-image or sense of self.
1: Double check
0: on that one as well. Impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging. So some examples here, spending, sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating. Check, 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 check. (laughs) Reoccurrent suicidal behavior, gestures or threats or self-mutilating behavior. Check. Affective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood. Some examples, intense episodic dysphoria. So that's just like intense... dissatisfaction (laughs) with life (laughs) irritability or anxiety usually lasting a few hours and only rarely more than a few days check 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 (laughs) chronic feelings of emptiness check (laughs) inappropriate intense anger or difficulty in controlling anger check (laughs) check Um, and then transient, stress-related, paranoid ideation, or severe dissociative symptoms.
1: I, in fact, don't have that one, so I have eight out of the nine. So that's
0: cool. So Love that for me. <laughs> so we're meeting some of these symptoms. Here. <laughs> yeah. Silly little me. <laughs> so that is what um, people who are diagnosing BPD are, are going looking off for. Of. That's what they're going off gotcha. of. That That is the criteria. That
1: hurt my feelings a little bit.
0: <laughs> that hurt your feelings to hear that
1: I think I think in the in the sense of they can look at that look at me and be like yeah you have that like I meet those things like that's inherently sad I feel like, you they can look at nine separate things of things that are in one's life and be like yeah bitch this is what you have
0: <laughs> that I will say is like a big criticism of the DSM is that we are like labeling people right we're we're taking this criteria and we're like looking at all of your life experiences and being like yep this is you
1: can i say it from like a patient perspective though yeah it's easy um, okay i'm not gonna say that it's not easy it helps me understand and give reason to why like my diagnosis gives me a reason why so there's maybe not necessarily something to blame but there is that reasoning that I can use some logic as to why this is the way that it is yeah it's not an excuse but there is that like light bulb like okay yeah mm -hmm, yeah that makes that tracks
0: yeah I think that's difficult right is because we don't want a diagnosis is very much something that you have Not something that you are.
1: I struggle with that one sometimes. I do. I think especially in the early stages of my diagnosis. That was something I
0: struggled with. It's really hard to think that way. When it's like, okay, yeah, that's something you're telling me. But you're also being like, yeah. Here's all these Here's labels. all these things. Here's all these <laughs> things. You're telling me this culmination of all of my life experiences, my environment, my genetics are telling me that I am all of these. I am now this thing. I am now th- yep. this thing. Yep. So that's that's hard to remember. Um, but today, since this is something that you have and it's something that... Um you've been dealing with for a while now. I thought it'd be fun to You interview. thought it'd be fun? <laughs> it would be Yay. fun to interview you a little bit about your experience with this. Um so let's just start off by can, would you share just a little bit about your journey with BPD and like when you were first diagnosed tell me a little bit about your just initial thoughts about being told that you were borderline and what your emotions were
1: yeah so I was officially diagnosed in like early 2022 so it's been almost two years and honestly that was probably one of the most shell-shocking moments of my life so I would like to say that I think my grief really heightened my bpd so it it really magnified it so i had experienced bpd most of my life like yeah. looking back on my life experiences and i can think of things boom bpd like it just makes sense um so, but when i was officially diagnosed i think that was one of the hardest times because it did put that label to things as to why they were that way or why I was that way or why I was reacting certain ways. So there was a lot of shame. There yeah. was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of resentment for individuals in my life who should have been advocating for me to be healthy mentally. And I didn't have that. Um, you know, I look back on my life journey and there's just a lot of sadness that i had that i i still hold i guess i still hold a lot of sadness for being undiagnosed and being the way that i was
0: yeah so how did it how did it feel to did you even know what that meant when was it a psychiatrist who told you a a psychiatrist
1: diagnosed me and he was like well you have bpd and i was like what does that mean like like so I I had been very hesitant and almost resistant to seeing a psychiatrist. Uh, I had been in talk therapy for quite some time. And then it was just s- individuals in my life had had like sat me down and was like, yeah, I think it's time that you should probably go see the way the way the conversation went. It was like, if you have something wrong with your vagina, you're going to go to a gynecologist. They they specialized in that specific thing, like you're yeah. having, you're having issues with your brain. You need to go to somebody that specializes in your brain yeah. and like things like that. So I was like, okay, you're not wrong in that logic standpoint. So uh, I didn't even make the appointment because anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister-in-law had reached out and got me an appointment with somebody at the, at at this clinic. So I went, I wasn't, it was a zoom meeting And he went, he asked me all of these questions. Like, and I was like, okay, I didn't know I was being interrogated, but like, (laughs) sure. Okay. And then it was probably within 15 minutes I had this diagnosis and it was like this moment of like WTF, like you're telling me all of these things and I don't know what it means. And there wasn't really any sort of explanation. It just kind of like was what it was. And he was at the time (laughs) At the time of this diagnosis, I like looked at him in his face and I said, I'm not going to be your lab rat to figure out what medication this is going to that I'm going to get put on. Like I've done I have done all of the medications that you could think of from Zoloft to Citalopram to what was all of them. Like I I had been the lab rat experience uh, of trying to figure it out. So. He was like, well, I have this test that I want to do. It's called a gene site test. You're going to come in. We're going to swab your cheek and we're going to send this off to l- to this lab. And it's basically going to break down how you metabolize literally every medication from Motrin to Oxycontin. Like literally or Oxycodone or like whatever. Like how your body metabolizes it. Yeah. And I was like game. I'm down. I'm down to do that because I'm done playing. the I'm done playing the pharmaceutical games. I had been trying to figure out my anxiety and my depression for years I'd seen countless doctors I had not been helped so like I was in this level of frustration so then I get this diagnosis which is overwhelming but there was almost kind of like relief that now now we kind of have this thing that we can go off to get me help yeah well I went down the fucking rabbit hole of what it is so like we get off this zoom call my appointment to go do my gene site then I'm just reading stuff and that maybe wasn't the best choice <laughs> <laughs> to like, maybe I should have waited to like see my my therapist yeah. to discuss these things but it was like really heavy to like kind of navigate alone on the, the screen of my phone as I'm reading about all of these things that really do resonate you know interpersonal like relationship difficulties and and inability to regulate one's emotions just all of these things that I am just like just being magnified, and I'm like, well, fuck.
0: Yeah. Cool. I remember that you had called me um, pretty much, like, right after you had gotten that diagnosis. I was and a mess. Yeah. It. You were, like, you were pretty upset. I was a mess. Yeah. And I was still pretty early in school and didn't know, like, a ton about borderline personality disorder yet at that point. Um. And I remember I had like looked some stuff up about it, and all that you see is just like tracking, all yeah. the tracks. Yeah, all well, all you see is just all this stuff about like suicide, like borderline personality, and like the high rates of suicide like rate? suicide and hospitalization. And I'm like, check check. Oh my gosh, she's gonna kill herself. Yeah. Like that's and that was like heavy. Yeah and so i'm like
1: well also thank god she's like, going to therapy like
0: <laughs> like there
1: was also moments before my diagnosis where that was like a a thing
0: yeah like
1: you and i have experienced so much yeah um like you chasing me in your car basically yeah like we've we've been there
0: yeah 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 so I'm like, okay, like yeah. this is heavy, but it was like almost like a conf- like a confirmation that, of that. Like, like now this is real, yeah, like this is like happening. So that uh, like it was a heavy, yeah, a heavy diagnosis. It's a heavy hitter, yeah.
1: I have the linebacker of mental illness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. It's it's definitely like up there, and I mean like no diagnosis. It's like the pain Olympics, but right, like it's heavy. BPD is definitely up there. With one of the the disorders that's definitely difficult to carry, yeah, for sure. So yeah. you're you're a champion. Oh you're a champion God. carrying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but BPD is definitely one that is very misunderstood, right? Yes. Not only is it frequently yes thought of to be other disorders, mm-hmm. um, but one thing that it's often thought of is being Dramatic, right? People don't just reacting it, but and being people, dramatic. yeah, people are like, "You're dramatic." Like, calm down. It's not yeah, that cal- serious. calm down. It's not that serious. You're being like overly dramatic. How do you, how do you deal with that when people are just like, "You're being dramatic." You need to get over it.
1: That one's really hard. Um, because in hindsight, right? Yeah, some of my reactions are inherently dramatic, right? Yeah, like there are some reactions that I have that are like over the top that don't need to be. Um. Keep in mind that I am 26 years old right now. Yeah. Recording this episode. I was diagnosed when I was 25. Mm-hmm. So like, no, I was. Wait, 22. <laughs> 24, 25, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to math right <laughs> now because it was anyway. Majority of my life I've lived with this. This disorder. Yeah. You know, this illness. This disorder and there are people in my life who brush me off as this dramatic overzealous drama queen yeah and it's painful it's it's probably um it's very hurtful because I don't want to be dramatic right like I don't want to sit here and dramatize events or situations or experiences it's just kind of how m- my brain reacts. Yeah. So it's just kind of this like uncontrollable gut reaction to certain things. Um, I don't know that I managed that one specifically very well. Uh, I, it is very hurtful and painful. If we're being honest, there are people in my life that I wish understood me a little bit better, understood, took the time to understand that I it's not me being dramatic. It's literally me having an inability to regulate my emotions. Like I, I literally in the moment of like, oh she's just being dramatic, like there's so much going on inside that people see this much. You yeah. know, they see a crumb of all of the the dysfunction in my brain, right? And so I think it, it is very painful to be labeled as this dramatic individual when, like, I've heard that my whole life. Like, I've, I've heard that since I was a child. Like, I remember, oh my gosh, you're being so dramatic. Like I'm, you know, so it is that that's a painful, that's a painful one. And I don't know that I manage it that well. I internalize it a lot and it hurts deeply.
0: Yeah. I have noticed as like from the outsider perspective how hard like that is for you to hear when people are yeah. like you're being dramatic. I'm like it's hurtful. Yeah. And that makes me so sad cuz you know as someone who is your best friend, I see how hard you try to fight that dramatic impulse, right? Cuz you don't want to respond that right. way. Like and I see how hard y- you have worked yeah. to mm-hmm. To not be someone who responds to things that don't require that right. that level of a response.
1: Well, you've kind of had a first or front row seat to this journey, yeah. right? Like you've had a literal VIP access to this healing journey, right? You see me five yeah. years ago and I'm ready to go to war over a glass of spilt milk. Yeah. <laughs> and then like me now, I am in this place where I'm like, Okay, like I, you know, pause and I think and like, I don't know. I think there's just, I wish people would give me a little bit of their time to understand maybe what it's like to be me. Just, just a little bit of time to understand that like I, I'm s, I'm ill. Like I have an illness and it's, you
0: know. Yeah. It's not just me being drama. And I think that's what comes with like education because while it's your responsibility to to manage your disorder right? like I think if more people around you understood what your disorder was that they could maybe have more empathy for your situation because for me it's like like I know when you're having (laughs) an episode like an episode for me like I'm like I can let this go because I know that like this is not you in this moment like like and it's it's so funny because I I can just like tell like
1: a lot of times you will
0: call it out you'll be like this is just the this is just a BPD moment like I just need to say this so I can just like move on from it it's just this like thought I just need to like get it out so I can move on um but even when you don't say that I'm like this is just like it's just it's just a moment she just needs to say this so she can just like move on from it type of a thing but it's just like it's so easy to to tell when you know what you're looking at well because
1: it's like when i am in that like episodic Mm -hmm. moment it isn't me yeah like when i'm in a bpd episode it isn't me not and i'm not saying that i'm bpd or bpd is me there is a very stark difference between me now sitting here talking with you looking in your eyes crying versus me like hulking out ready to like knock this wall down yeah there is a very stark difference between those two yeah the duality that lives in my soul always is so exhausting and i just wish people could see that yeah for what it is because i'm not a monster i'm not trying to be a dramatic person i'm not trying to go out of my way to like do things it is just something it is a very reactive disorder it's an inability to regulate my emotions when I become triggered about certain things and so I'm like I as out of like a self preservation thing like I'm ready to go to war always like I'm really ready to go to war always with little to no remorse which has led me to like really unfortunate Like, it's not healthy, obviously, right? Like, having BPD and, like, reacting the way is not healthy for me. Yeah. It creates a lot of unsafe, unhealthy situations, environments, and I don't thrive when I'm in that space.
0: Yeah. And it's, like, it takes a lot of energy to constantly be warring with yourself over things that, like the The average person without BPT is like it's not that big w- of a deal. What are you like? Like, why are you yeah, been out of shape are, about why it? Why are you freaking out? This right. doesn't matter, like,
1: right? Like, because the things that I pop off about can be like not trivial at all. Yeah, like it literally could be a glass of spilled milk and I'm done. Yeah, the sea red and it's just game over. Yeah, and then like, but that's so hard too because it's like when you come out of like. Okay, so like let's say you just spilled a glass of milk on my carpet and done. Done ties. Right? I'm like ready to <laughs> like like let's let's just like set the scene. The milk is spilled and I pop off, What the fuck? Are yes. you fucking kidding me? Like why would you do that? Why would you like like it could be literally something like that and I can just like literally lose all sense of self. Yeah. And then it's like this moment where the BPD kicks in. Andrea's gone. Like yeah. she's she's gone. Like I am no longer here. And this BPD has come in, con- like, in control. But like, let's say when I calm down, Andrea still has to deal with the repercussions of those actions and reactions. Yeah. And it's so hard because I don't want to react that way. Yeah. I obviously don't want to pop off like that. I don't want to be dramatic over the spilled milk, or I don't want to be upset about things that I don't need to be upset about because I'm still living with the the consequences of my actions,
0: right? Yeah, you like, have to interact with those people afterwards, right? Like,
1: And it's embarrassing, and it's frustrating, and, like, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard, because then it's, like... So that, like, me reacting, like, that was pre-diagnosis. Me post-diagnosis is, like, a literal constant war with myself to not react. So it's, like, I'm feeling these heightened emotions, and I'm bubbling, and it's it's, like, I'm, like... I'm ready to go. Yeah. I am ready to go. And then it's like, I literally have to, like, get it out, even if it's just a text or an email, or I have to call you, and I have to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this stupid fucking bitch, like, and I have to get it (laughs) out, because there's so much rage and anger. But then, like, that's a war, too. Like... (laughs) But, like, I think I sufficiently answered <laughs> yes. your question.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, talking about, like, the spilled milk being, like, something that triggers you. Like, borderline symptoms can can be, like, wildly different for an individual. Any, anybody, yeah. For, for anyone, depending on f- how they, they respond to different triggers. So, what are some of, like, the specific, like, symptoms that you experience that you've noticed the most in your life?
1: I think... There are three major ones Uh that I experience. Um, An inability to regulate my emotions, clearly. Spilled milk, done.
0: Well, like, what what emotions do you find that you have, like, a hard time regulating?
1: Um, Whew. So, rage and anger is one that I have a really hard time regulating. Check, check in the (laughs) beginning. Check, check. (laughs) Um, When I become disappointed, that has been one that has affected me a lot because it's not like, oh shoot, like that's unfortunate, like, oh rats. It's like literally my world is coming apart. Like if if plans don't go through, like I melt. Like I literally melt. And I like pre diagnosis I would have like legit meltdowns about disappointment. Me now me now on my healing journey, I have medication, I'm you know, have really good coping mechanisms. It's easier to regulate the disappointment, but th- those those are the ones that I can think of right now in this moment that I have a very difficult time to regulate. I do think that I have I have an inability to kind of regulate happiness too. Like I don't know how in my life experience, <laughs> I guess, like, this goes to the earlier, but, like, moments of, like, where I happiness is few and far between. Yeah. Like, happiness doesn't take, like, I don't experience a lot of happiness or joy or things like that. So, there's almost this, like, inherent, like, undeservingness for joy or, like, well, you know, I don't. So, it's, like, if I do experience a moment of happiness or joy or excitement, I don't know how to deal with that. So okay. it's, like, if I experience that, like, small bit of, like, serotonin, it's, like, I have to chase that. Like, it, it has to be a constant. Like, I have to be happy now all the time. Like, this, like, an inability to just, like, go through the motions of life is hard for me.
0: So, like, if you experience happiness, you feel like you need to keep doing keep that? Keep chasing the dragon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep chasing the
1: dragon. And, like, because once that ball drops, that ball drops hard and fast. Yeah. and it's scary Mm
0: -hmm. okay what other um symptoms do you feel like are a part of your borderline
1: (laughs) um (laughs) difficulty maintaining interpersonal relationships has been something that i struggle you've literally again vip access to this entire thing you've seen that you've seen my inability to maintain that and i think W- another one that I a symptom that I experience is splitting but that goes hand in hand with the interpersonal relationships yeah. but I'm a I'm a mad splitter <laughs> <laughs> Explain splitting a little bit so for there's like multiple ways one can split when when having BPD there's two main ways that I experience splitting so let's say that I've been triggered and I'm now in a BPD episode and I'm unable to like I'm just seeing red Like, I've Andrea's gone. I just see red. I can literally split from a relationship with somebody, cut somebody out of my life at the drop of a hat with little to no remorse. Okay, bye. You don't affect me. Um, One of the biggest relationships that I ever split from at the drop of a hat was in the summer of 2020 when my ex-husband was arrested. And I literally have never spoken to him since the day he was arrested. Like, I was married for three years, and boom, done. Not not needing closure, not needing anything, done. Like, it literally, I didn't even witness him being arrested. Like, the last time I saw him, God, I, like, I, done. Done ties. Little to no remorse. And no remorse, actually, with that one. <laughs> but there are relationships just, just done. Like, zero effect. Done. Hands washed. Done.
0: That's a, a stark like, relationship over done ties.
1: Uh, another way that I split is the moment before the blackout. So I'm triggered. Yeah, you, I, I'm tell like let's. I'll give you an example. Let's say that I'm telling you about this really exciting new product that I'm designing. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sam, look at this! Look at this design that I've done. Uh-huh. And you show little to no interest in that excitement. Triggered as,
0: fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You, 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 you not giving me that validation or like, Oh my gosh, you don't, you're mm. not sharing that excitement. I'm split and I'm not, I, I, it's like, I, I split and I like dissociate and then it's just done. Like in okay. that moment, like I will not give you the time of day. I will split from this experience. And it's like this, like almost out of body experience where Andrea leaves. Andrea is nowhere to be seen. And BPD really just takes control and is there in the, the driver's seat
0: just cut off straight cut
1: off in that moment and then it's like oh I'm sure you can read it on my face though like my <laughs> my face is very expressive I'm a very I'm a very expressive person and if I'm not saying it out loud my face and my body is
0: you are very expressive. <laughs> you do get this very specific look
1: glazed glazed eyes but just like anger in my face
0: yeah you mm-hmm. get this like this venom in your eyes i'm like ooh, she's experienced <laughs> she is in that mode but I it will is say, it's like a hateful look yeah it's like it's scary yeah again drop of a hat i like but i will say that that look used to be accompanied with a lot of words <laughs> <laughs> so i will say that that's on improvement, right? That's like, on healing. <laughs> and it's much better to get the look than all of the the words that, <laughs> that come with that. Okay, but like
1: let's let's be let's be honest right now. You've never experienced BPD, Andrea. Like I've never come at you in a way that I've come at
0: other people. No. Like no. I, I've been there when other people have received <laughs> it. I've been there and when And that's people scary. Have it, yeah.
1: Like but you know what's interesting though? is like I hold our relationship to this very heightened degree. It's it's really, really interesting as we've gone over all of this. And we've discussed, you know, having this be a topic of discussion. I, not that I'm confused about our relationship. Because I'm so thankful for what we have. But I just, like, how have I managed to keep this friendship the way that it is? Like, because I've never been able to maintain I mean, we weren't always a healthy friendship. Yeah. It wasn't always a healthy friendship. And I'm so grateful. Like, whew. The amount of gratitude that I have for you. Sticking by my side through some of the most heinous times. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I just... No problem. You're my best friend. <laughs> I love you. And I'm so, like... There are people in my life who choose to not stand by my side through this. And I just, like, really appreciate you loving me through the hard times. Yeah. So, thank you.
0: You're very welcome. You're my best friend. (laughs) But, yeah. I think when you know what you're looking at, when you know that, like, it's not you. It's the BPD. Right? And, like, I think that's a testament to, like, our friend and me recognizing when it's, like the VPD and the the conversations that we have because um, I'm willing to have those hard conversations we've
1: been doing so good
0: you. yeah and like if I have a problem I'll be like hey yeah. like this is an issue yeah that I'm having like and our
1: ability our ability to communicate is just tremendous like, yeah uh, w- our ability to communicate and work through things is like I couldn't ask for more and I'm yeah. so grateful
0: yeah and I think that's that's a big part of why it why it works because you gotta you gotta be able to have those hard conversations and i know it's like difficult with bpd because you deal yeah. with that like that, that that switch that switch and that like that interpersonal um relationships and stuff yeah. and that that perceived fear of like abandonment oh. and stuff but like you gotta you gotta have those conversations because if the relationship's not working, it's not working, right. right? And it's not good to have relationships built on resentment and like right. annoyance. Right. Cuz then and it's stuff. not
1: a relationship, yeah. right? Like yeah. cuz you don't want like god forbid, like I would never want to like hold on to something where I like it turns into resentment. Like I literally can't. Like I'd be like, "Okay, you're pissing me off." Like Yeah. Like this is not working for me, yeah. you know? And it's like then at that choice, it's either, "Okay, well we're going to work on this," or we end the relationship. Like that's you know, like I'll I'll work on this thing that's annoying you. Yeah. Or we're gonna
0: peace out. Like that's just like I feel like how it has to go. Yeah. yeah. Either you want to work on this thing that's bothering each other, or you don't. And right, like yeah. that's that's at, fine or it's at, not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries. So, boundaries. And what you know, <laughs> go listen to that <laughs> episode, episode. <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's like hard to talk about.
1: Yeah. It's it's like, it is heavy and it's hard. Cause obviously I wish I didn't have this. I yeah. wish this wasn't my experience. Yeah. And I wish that uh, I had more people supporting me in this experience. And I wish that there was more understanding and more grace and more support really yeah. at the, at the end of the day. Cause like I could tell my, like I don't even think like my mom and I, we have a, a pretty good relationship, you know? And I, I, I talk to her pretty regularly and I think there like, is still a lot of misunderstanding with my BPD. Yeah. And I wish that there was just more of, um, of that understanding uh, into, like, th- at what I
0: actually experience every day. It's kind of funny because it's, like, they wish you would just, like, let stuff go. <laughs> and you wish they would just, like, let stuff go. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, like, if there was just more understanding, like, it would just well, be a little bit easier I on both sides. I think it's hard,
1: though, because, like, I still apologize for who i was yeah like i still hold a lot of sadness for my reactions or like my inability to control my reactions i still hold a lot of sadness and i grieve that a lot and i wish that there was more understanding of like that isn't her that she is not bpd that those moments of like hurt I'm not taking away the fact that I did hurt somebody because I did. Yeah. And I take accountability and responsibility for that. And I'm sorry for that. I just wish that there was a little bit more understanding as to like, oh, this wasn't her being a fucking bitch. <laughs> this was her being unwell. Yeah. Right. Because I'm a lover. Like if, if I am in your corner, I am in your corner at my own demise. Yeah. You call me up. I am there as soon as I can be. I am the biggest heart in the world because I feel so deeply. I feel everything so deeply. Yeah. Love. Like joy. I feel it so deeply. But what's remembered is the not great moments of feeling so deeply. Yeah. And that's really hard.
0: And that is really hard because we we've talked about that on other episodes. It's like our brain is designed to protect us right. from the the hurts, and that's kind of where BPD comes from a little bit. Is from our our environment, you know. Borderline comes from like childhood trauma yeah. and neglect, and protecting <laughs> us right <laughs> from the from those things, and so it's. It's hard. Yeah. It, it's so hard. It's because hard. Because our brain reminds us, like, don't experience those don't, things right. again. And this right? is how you not experience And this is how that. you not experience like them. By remembering. By <laughs> remembering those hurts. Yeah. And, like, rejecting those hurts. Right. I get it. You won't it. experience it again. I get it. Like, yeah. I understand. But it, it Like, I
1: understand. Like, you you got to protect your peace. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, you know, I take accountability. I just also wish that there was some accountability taken,
0: too. Yeah. It's hard when you are like, look at me. I'm I'm apologizing. I was unwell. I'm apologizing and I am trying so hard now to not do those things. And I want to be different and I want to like cultivate
1: healthier relationships and I want to be a part of your life. Like and then to like have that rejection because of previous hurts. And I like I get it. Like I all I can do is just like continue. Like I can only move forward and I can, you know, maintain yours and mine relationship. And just like, like it is what it is at the end of the day. Does it suck? It is what it is, but I'm still going to cry about it. That's (laughs) all you can do is keep
0: doing what you're doing. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about a little bit about that. What, what treatment have you done to help you with your BPD? What does that look like for you? So clearly I
1: am on medication. (laughs) So I take medication every day. I am taking... Venlafaxine, which is the generic form of Effexor, because, like, we ball on a budget around here. Hey, <laughs> 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 um, Which, honestly, has been so life-changing. Like, I don't... I was always, like, the medicine game was not my game because I was so tired of just being a lab rat. Yeah. Like, I was just so tired of having to, like, play the game. But genuinely... As shitty as that psychiatrist was, we didn't get into that. <laughs> that was the one thing that he did good um, in that and it was getting me on this medication because it's, like, I lived in this fog, and then once, like, the chemicals in my brain was balanced, there was this clarity, self-awareness. It was just, like, oh, like, l- that, like, seriously was, like, a weight lifted off my shoulder. Like, it was... So I, I'm medicated, <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thriving on this medication, and then talk therapy has been one of the most um, influential uh, ways that I'm coping with my BPD.
0: Yeah, and that can be really helpful because when you don't know that you have you don't BPD, know what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, Um, it's hard not to think right. like, oh, maybe... Maybe I am just bad. Maybe I am right. just dramatic. Well, Maybe I am like the problem.
1: When when you hear when you hear those things of like you are you are dramatic, it's like I am the villain in somebody's story. I might as well be the villain. It's yeah. like I really leaned into being the villain. Like I, I think sometimes I still do. I think sometimes that's still a hard line for me to toe. Because I'm like, you already feel this way, I might as well be that then. Yeah. If I'm already the villain, I'm gonna be the villain and I'm gonna do it and your feelings are gonna get hurt and then I'm not affected at the end of
0: the day. Like it's this really weird emotional and behavioral dysregulation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a hard it's it's I don't know how to describe it other than it being just yeah, incredibly difficult to manage. Yeah. yeah. At the at the end of the day, it is the most exhausting thing ever i thought grief was exhausting (laughs) (laughs) i mean grief is exhausting i'm not taking away from that but when you have grief and you have bpd and you put them together done (laughs) done ties (laughs) like you just i'm done like it's so all-consuming yeah because it affects every part of my life like it's it's not just like Oh I have anxiety about this specific Thing no I Literally Like they're You know like the Hulk right he's always Talking about how he's always the Hulk and he Has to like manage that It's yeah. always there that's the closest Thing that I can describe to you Of what it's like to live with BPD
0: That makes sense just kind of always It's that in the monster back.
1: that's just there and then At a drop of a hat the second I Lose control gone Hulk Is here
0: that makes sense. That I like that kind of comparison. Just kind of always sitting there, just kind yep. of waiting, ready, ready for the opportunity, ready to ready. go. Okay. Um, you talked a little bit about how you've noticed patterns of how BPD has in- impacted your relationships with family, um, and romantic, with romantic partners and with friends. <laughs> how, Sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> how are you more like intentional with? With maintaining like healthy connections now in your relationships now that you're aware yeah. that your borderline personality disorder yeah. impacts them. How are you more intentional in your relationships?
1: Um, Again, you have had a front row seat. Yeah. <laughs> you have seen me call in and quit plenty of jobs. I this said I got my shift covered and you're never going to see me again. Like that was because I just couldn't deal. Yeah. The anxiety, the... All of the things, right? An inability to maintain interpersonal relationships and the disappointments and all of the things yeah. that come into a work environment. One of the biggest things that I struggle with is giving myself any sort of, like, validation or recognition to my accomplishments. Um, how I'm being more intentional <laughs> with maintaining healthy relationships, I uh have officially been at the job that I have for the longest time in my adult life. And
0: yeah, like tenfold. That's like, a big accomplishment.
1: Like whew. Uh over two years I've been there, yeah. which is like a big deal. That is. Uh for me like that's like <laughs> to be able to be a functioning member of society in a healthy workplace environment like my ability to be able to communicate with my employer um like it's like a really big deal (laughs) and I'm so proud of myself for being able to like overcome some of the really difficult things that having BPD is yeah like you know not not saying that I haven't ever thought about quitting because like (laughs) I have Kevin if you're listening I promise I won't because I'm like on a healing girly (laughs) journey (laughs) I will see you at work on Tuesday (laughs) um because there have been those moments where I'm like I'm because it's like the mentality of I can get another job it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. right like but like I'm so proud at like my ability to be like wow like Yeah, I could go get another job, but, like, this does mean something more than just work. Yeah. Right? Like, so there's a lot of self-awareness that I have in regards to my BPD and how I interact with others. And I'm not perfect, okay? (laughs) I'm not perfect. And my face says a lot when my mouth isn't. And so, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. I'm very expressive. I feel things. And just because I'm not saying it doesn't mean I'm not feeling it. But, um, so I think like there is that internal war that I feel like, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like describe this. So it's like relationships that do mean something to me when I'm Andrea and I'm not in my BPD episode. When I do get in that BPD episode, I fight like hell to make sure that I don't ruin it. That I, I fight that demon so that I don't damage anything further. Yeah. So there's this like. <sighs> it's a bad time, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad time. Like describing it like this, like I'm sad for myself. Like this is, my heart goes out to all you BPD comrades. You yeah. know, I'm. It's sorry. heavy. Yeah.
0: God. Okay. I need to <laughs> rally. <laughs> it's heavy. You know, it's not something to make light of. It's an all encompassing diagnosis. Yeah. It impacts every every area of your life. You have to think about it all the time. Yeah. And that's a that's a heavy diagnosis. So with that in mind, what advice would you give to someone who had recently been diagnosed with BPD or suspects that they may have it? What yeah.
1: would you tell them? Um obviously I think that you should get to a therapist. You should see a psychiatrist, you should see a psychologist, you should really like work what, like find out what works best for you with medication, do the gene site test. Like I, there are plenty of doctors out there who are willing to work with you, willing to work with your insurance. You know, I think that you deserve to advocate for yourself to getting the help that you need. And that's like one of my biggest ones. Uh, So like that's the psychiatrist side of it is getting on a medication that works for you you know, and then working with your therapist to finding your window of tolerance, like finding that window of tolerance that you can stay in without spiking really hard or plummeting to really bad times. Like maintaining my being in my window of tolerance has been something that has really helped me process and deal. So do your gene side test, Get a therapist. Also, if you don't vibe with either of them, you deserve to have good care. So, like, fight like hell to get somebody who's going to help you because you deserve that. And, like, knowing, like, I know, I know firsthand how hard <laughs> it is to have any sort of, like, self-love or like acceptance of self like I know that it's probably one of one of the hardest things like that distorted sense of self is so difficult yeah and I just hope that you know that you are worthy enough to have help and that you are worthy of healing and it's a bad fucking time it is a bad fucking time and we can acknowledge that but I am world's Different than I was two years ago. Absolutely. And I would do it all again, my healing journey to get to where I am at right now. And I'm not saying that it hasn't been hard, cause it's still really hard. And, but it's like, on the other, I'm not on the other side. Like I'm still trudging through the trenches, <laughs> okay? But where I'm at right We're now, going it. I'm going through it. Like I would fight like hell to get to this point again
0: yeah yeah you're doing all of the things don't let the hose get you down okay (laughs) (laughs) thanks for answering all of those questions i know that that wasn't wasn't easy because i know that this is a hard it's hard a hard thing it's like
1: i hold a lot of shame still to my diagnosis because like obviously I wish I didn't have this like obviously I wish things were different and I think I wish that my brain worked differently and I wish that I hadn't experienced what I had experienced to get to that point and I wish that I wish that there was a lot of things that were different because it is really hard and it is so Encompassing to every aspect of my life, right like this yeah. isn't this isn't this doesn't just affect like how I perceive myself, but it's how I perceive other people and how I perceive other people's intentions and how like all of the things like it's not just like, oh, I hate myself like oh i'm I think I'm the worst I'm this evil person. it's like like I could literally it's just it's just a lot and it's really heavy. And I hold a lot of resentment towards, like, people in my life for all of the things. And, you know, like... it's it's, Constantly working on that. It's hard. It's it's seriously one of the hardest things. I mean, dead baby, BPD, both hard,
0: but, like... (laughs) Hard in different ways and dealing with them all the time. Yeah.
1: Like, Like managing, trying to manage, at least. Nothing cut and dry about it. No. It is not black and white babes. Yeah. We do not... Also, th- I, I want to say that I did live in a black and white space, like things were black or white. So finding that gray space, people,
0: 50 shades. <laughs> 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 but. <Ugh>. Wow. <laughs> yes. But just a reminder, you are not your diagnosis. Yeah. Your diagnosis is something you have, not something you are. Right. And that's for everyone, no matter what your diagnosis you have. Right. Right whether it's it's something you experience it's not
1: something that you are and i think like also acknowledging though that that can sometimes be difficult to differentiate like sometimes that's so hard like to be like i you know but it's like not me like i know inherently at the end of the day that it is not me but it's still so hard to like not internalize that to be like
0: i am that because you have to deal with it yeah even though it's not you you have to deal with it right And it's something that's internal. And so it's hard to separate that from yourself when it is something that's internal. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you for like giving me this time (laughs) to like kind of dump. I like appreciate you like letting me get it out. No, I think it's
0: important to have these like kind of conversations about experience. Yeah. Because everyone, while... The diagnosing criteria is the same everyone experiences a, a little different. Yeah. So it's important to kind of share the experience to know what that looks like. Maybe someone is like, "Oh, Hey, maybe maybe I resonate with that a little bit. Maybe I'm experiencing some of these <laughs> traits. And just because you're experiencing some traits doesn't mean that this is what you have. If you identify with this a little bit, let's talk to a professional. Yeah, <laughs> not us. Don't come to not us. us. <laughs> but a professional in your yes. area. Reach out to your support networks. Talk to your insurance. Find out who you're covered by. If yeah. you don't have insurance, look into community resources. Because um, you are worthy
1: of like help and healing and experiencing good things and i think that's something that i need to remind myself too is like just because i've experienced a shit ton of bad shit like like because i can sit here in this moment and like recognize like damn like i kind of have done the things like there is this like okay like i have put in some work like good for me right like pat on the back like hindsight damn she's doing it like that doesn't come around that often for me that doesn't like you know that oh my gosh you're like oh my gosh look at all you're doing shut up don't talk to me like that don't Don't ever don't tell (laughs) me i'm like a good person shut the fuck up
0: (laughs) but yes you deserve the good things thank you i love you but i love you too oh (laughs) but thank you guys for joining us this week on our kind of different episode but we we appreciate the listen and for you guys joining us and um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to, subs- to subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review. We love your feedback. And be sure to give us a follow at Chronically Unwell
1: on Instagram and Facebook for more content and behind the scenes of the podcast. If you have a topic, idea, or question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the episode or on the podcast please reach out to us on social media or through our email at chronicallyunwell@gmail.com. at gmail.com
0: until next time. Keep going and keep growing.